Coaching Impact Radio, informative conversation by coaches for coaches with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Couples coaching can, of course, help that couple just starting out or one on a rocky road. But what about after a previous failed marriage or relationship? Today, Terry and our guest Susan Ortolano look at coaching after the first or even the second breakup of a long-term relationship. Is it really easier the second time? around. So Susan, we are talking second marriages. Yeah. I, I have one actually. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I, I've since moved on, but I have one of those. <laughs> wow. I'm still in mine and I'm, I feel very blessed and, and very happy in the second marriage. And it's one of the reasons why I felt inspired to really specialize in working with couples who are on their second marriage or who are remarried. That is totally cool. Well, you know, it's interesting. So tell me a little bit about what you notice about second marriages as far as some of the trends, maybe. Well, some of the trends, I mean, first of all, the divorce rate is higher for second and third Mm -hmm. marriages. And most people think, you know what, I've been through a marriage before, it's going to be better this time. So some of the trend is people think it's going to be better because it's a different person. You know, it's not the other person they were married to. So just by having a different person, they think it's just going to be better. But actually, the divorce rate is much higher. And while having a different person does make a difference, people are really learning. First of all, there are so many second marriages out there and so many people who have gone through divorce because the divorce statistics for first marriages are pretty high. But the trend here are that people think, oh my gosh, I'm older and wiser now, and they are older and wiser getting a second marriage. If they're getting a second marriage and they're 25, I'm very worried. Um, But um, usually people who are getting second and third marriages are older and wiser so that they've been able to do some reflecting, they've done some more personal growth work, and now they're ready again to kind of step into a marriage. Um, The other thing is that that trends is that people tend to be more established just in their own life purpose, whether it's their career, their financial situation, they tend to be more established. So those are some of the trends that are going on, but that's not necessarily all it takes to have a successful second or third marriage. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that because of the statistics, this is this has the potential to be such a large market yeah. and one that isn't getting perhaps amongst the coaching community as much attention as it deserves. I mean, it's very true. Yeah, and you know, and it's I think that uh, I mean, there's a couple things here I, I want to ask you about. So. Other than what you touched on earlier, which was, I mean, the obvious one, right? The second time is going to be better because it's a different person. Yeah. But, you know, you're still you. (laughs) Right, exactly. So so what do you think is the biggest challenge? You know, some of the, the, one of the biggest challenges, the biggest challenge that I've noticed to people is that they did not take the learnings from the first marriage and carry it over. Like they didn't reflect enough to say, okay, so what happened in that first marriage that didn't work because there, a lot of people are busy thinking it's the other person and that's why it didn't work. And so they're not taking ownership and they're not really looking at themselves as much 
and going, wow, who's the common denominator in my string of relationships that looked the same way to the degree that I married somebody who looked that way or who was that way and now I got divorced, what is it that was going on inside of me that had that happen? A lot of people aren't examining, doing the self-examination required. So when they go, okay, new person, it's going to be different this time, they tend to find the same issues and patterns coming forward that they had in the first marriage. And they kind of go, oh, wow, what did I just get myself into or what have I gotten myself into? Really needing to understand that they are the common denominator and it's what's living inside of them that needs to be processed and healed. You know, as far as like the biggest challenge, I I think that 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 plus, you know, what you shared earlier, just seem almost overwhelming to to a lot of folks, I think, do you think that that's maybe why some coaches really shy away? You know, I think coaches don't think about second marriages. I think a lot of coaches who go into the relationship focus, you know, are focused on singles more than couples. And the ones who are focused on couples, they're really hoping that it's enrichment coaching. You know what I mean? Where it's Mm -hmm. like, we're doing really well. We just want to take it to the next level. I think they're hoping that. Um, I do see, I have seen coaches, and this was an interesting, unique niche that I hadn't thought of, people coaching couples who are living in a long distance. They're in a long distance relationship, and that's their specialty niche. And I found that very interesting. But I don't think the remarriage is getting as much attention because coaches aren't thinking about it. And when they think about any kind of premarital work versus remarrying, um, they're looking at the younger people who are getting married for the first time rather than the folks who are getting married for the second and third time. And they may be doing the elopement. They may be having a smaller wedding. Um, but I just don't think they're thought of. So if there are some coaches out there that think, gosh, you know, maybe this might pique my interest, um, what do you feel that they need to be prepared for to, to really specifically deal with this, this second marriage crowd? Blended families. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen, you know, because sister. Because if we're talking about second and third marriages, we're generally talking about a population of people who are in their midlife years, sometimes even older. Um, and a lot of those folks come with children or hope, you know, grown children. Some people are like, please let it be grown people over 18. Yeah. Um, but sometimes <laughs> it's not, you know, right. and learning to be a step parent and learning to operate into a blended family dynamic where, you know, their, their new spouse or their second spouse or their third spouse has to deal with an ex or two, has to still be in communication with an ex, whereas, a second marriage with, that has no children on each side, they don't have to deal with their exes. So I've, I've worked right. with some second marriages where the wife was jealous when the, the newer husband had to go deal with his ex about their two kids. You know, and it's like how yeah. does the family dynamic work when you've got, you know, kids from both sides, when you've got kids from one side but not from the other side that are coming into the, the relationship. So the relationship 
doesn't always just include the two people, it includes a family. And there's another biological right. parent involved most of the time. Yeah, and that can't be underestimated. I mean, that's, that's no. a dynamic that takes on a lot of facets. It does. What do you find is... What do you find is the most joyous part? I mean, obviously you're getting a certain amount of, of love out of this community. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm quite confident you wouldn't keep doing it. So what's, what's the joyous piece? <laughs> you know, I think the joy, the joy for me as a coach, first of all, you know, I, I have a very spiritual perspective or we'll say way in which I work with people, and there's a lot of, personal growth that I like to see in people who are really committed to that kind of partnership. I find it more in people who are a little older and people who have already been through a marriage before and they have taken some wisdom with them. They have healed some of the patterns and they're very committed to healing the patterns so that they can get this marriage right. Mm. You know, and that yeah, brings that, me a that, lot of joy. That must be a lot of joy. Yes. And there's one couple in particular that I work with. Neither one of them had kids in their first marriage, but they had a child together. And they still had some issues and patterns and things. And and one of them, interestingly enough, because I make a joke about this, it's never about the dishes. They came to me because Mm. the dishes weren't being done. You know, (laughs) among a few other things. But that was one of the main things. It's like, he, the, the husband was going, why aren't the dishes done when, when I come home? And she's like, I'm taking care of our baby all day long, and I just don't have the energy or wherewithal. So it's like, you know, we had to create something, and, and he, we had to have him come to an understanding as to why the dishes weren't done and what, what, what that was about for him. Right. You know I mean? Well, and, and you know- it's like, yeah, because it's like what you said, you know, they think, oh, well, the, the last wife had the dishes done, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like this, no, I, now you have a child together that you didn't have in your first marriage, and it changes the dynamic. So they're learning in their second marriage how to be parents for the first time. Uh-huh. You know, and that created a whole different experience for them where they had a, a next level of learning that they wow. didn't have in their first marriages. But it's like they were able to work through it. They were so beautifully authentic and honest, and it, it turned out really well. And I'm so excited for them because I had worked with her as, as a divorcee, somebody coming out of a marriage, and meeting him, and then I worked with them as a premarital couple, and it was so beautiful to see them get married and then to – step into parenthood and really they have the same issues the whole throughout the whole um, every time that I work with them same issues Um, and a lot of it was communication focused Um, they didn't know how to language the way they spoke to one another when they had to make a request or when there was something that wasn't working for them so we worked on that and but it was so beautiful to see them succeed Nice. And they and they have a beautiful marriage right now and a gorgeous son and it's it's very joyful for me and joyous for me to see that happen. You know, I I'm going to ask a question and and tell me whether you see this or not. Do you find in second and third marriage relationships 
um, a degree of resignation or apathy that shows up when they start to have problems, almost as if there's a, oh, here we go again, it's inevitable. Yeah. It, you know, I, I've seen that. I've seen that happen. And um, one couple in particular, she just kind of went with it because um, she, you know, she thought he was going to change, and he did shift a little bit. Um, but I always say there's a real danger in expecting somebody to change, um, whether it's a first marriage or a second marriage. But she, she, they had a real blended family of his, hers, and ours. She had two, he had two, and they had one together. And she presented herself initially as, I can do it all. I can have a job. I'm going to impress your kids. I'm, you know, my kids, here they are. Um, and they ended up having a child together. So she was trying to be super mom. And mm -hmm. he wasn't giving her the, it's almost like he expected it. Because he grew up in a family of sisters had a mother who doted on him. Everybody doted on him because he was the baby boy in the family, baby brother. And so he expected her to dote on him. So he didn't do enough around the, the chores around the house that she would ask him to do. And she just got to a point where she's like, the kids aren't helping out. He's not helping. Forget it. I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. So she got into apathy. She almost left the marriage because she was like, I can't do everything. I'm tired of doing everything. But she, yeah. she got it, apathetic about it, and she was just like, you know what? It is what it is. I did this in my first marriage, and it looks like I'm doing it now. Yes, that, then that's it. That's the sentiment right there, right, is the, well, I, and it could be any variant of this, but it's the I wow, this is no different, or I picked wrong again, or, you know, whatever the rhetoric is. And, and I think the byproduct of that rhetoric is, well, this is another write-off. This is another foregone yeah. conclusion. Yeah, and she almost did. And it's like, fortunately, he was, he really, he's somebody who just kicks back and acts like nothing ever bothers him or triggers him. But that's not the case. <laughs> um, but she doesn't understand why he doesn't get more upset about things when she gets upset about something. Um, and, um, you know, they've had certain dynamics over the years, but they've been married for almost, they've been married for 15 years going on 16, and most of the kids are out of the house. Um, and um, they're really looking at the fact that they have one more who hasn't left the nest, and after that child leaves the nest, it's going to be just them. So they've really, in the last couple of years, worked very hard to really get each other and to really grow, and they've, fortunately they've made a lot of good progress. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so it sounds to me like you're seeing success stories on a regular basis. Yeah, I'm seeing some great success stories, but again, it takes a little bit to get there, and there's no shame in asking for help, even though you've been, you know, you've been married before. Um, you may have been married twice, and you're, you, a lot of people feel like they're supposed to know it all, how to do marriage already. And it's not the case. We're always learning. You know, even those of us who step into second or third marriages and have immediate success, we're still learning. 
And there's no yeah. shame in having somebody to, to walk you through it and to help you through it like a great coach. You know, yeah, I'm sorry, somebody, I think... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh. Some of these people don't want to go to therapy or they've gone to therapy and it didn't really do a whole lot and they don't feel they need therapy. They just need skills and they need to understand that they are the common denominator with whatever issue they had. So if they're seeing a projection happening from their partner, it's not about, oh, my God, there's something really wrong here. It just means that the universe is trying to show them something that still lives inside of them that they need to heal. That's my perspective on it. And we'll be right back after this. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy, offering life coach training and certification in over 20 specialty categories, life, business, couples, health and wellness, and more. Courses can be completed as self-paced study, live teleclasses, or in-person intensives. Just like our radio program, Impact Coaching Academy is by coaches for coaches. Sign up now for your free membership and receive over 30 hours of training and programming worth thousands of dollars, yours to listen to and enjoy, absolutely free. Then set your own path for growth with courses that are starting soon. Check the calendar to see the current offerings. Impact Coaching Academy. Be a part of the impact at impactcoachingacademy.com. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, because like you said, that they just don't possess a certain amount. There's like a certain amount of information they just simply don't have. Right. When you're coaching with this niche, how much is, if you had a guess, right, how much is pure coaching, how much is kind of edu-coaching, how much is kind of uh, teaching? Like, there's all of it. I mean, there's all of yeah. it, you know. There's probably an equal amount of all of it, and... Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, you know, when you're working with couples, there's a lot of edu coaching because we know we didn't grow up with this in school. They didn't have relationship 101 in school. They didn't have marriage education in school. So people are kind of left to fend for themselves if they didn't learn it well from their parents. You know, if they didn't get good modeling, then they may have a first marriage that doesn't work out. Um, you know, there's a lot of expectations that go into marriage. Um, and, you know, if it doesn't happen, if the dynamic doesn't work and they, or somebody is just not ready and has an affair outside of the marriage or there's a, another big betrayal or whatever happens in a first marriage, the second marriage, there's still a need for skills. There's still a need for teaching. There's still a need for edu-coaching. And, mm-hmm. and we're always learning when it comes to marriage, whether it's first, second, third, or Elizabeth Taylor, you know, may she rest. But, you know, there's always an opportunity for learning and a need for growth. And, you know, and it's like I love doing all of it. And coaches who want to work with second marriages, you're going to be doing all of it. You're going to be coaching. You're yeah. going to be edu-coaching. You're going to be teaching, skill building, helping people clear old blocks and issues. All of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know what's interesting is um, it, it's an under, like we've identified really, it's, it's, a, it's an underserved. underserved segment of the population. Yeah, underserved segment of the population, and yet a segment of the population that is so 
primed to make a shift, like a consciousness yeah. shift. Yeah. Because because the second time is like, whoa, wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, it's, right. It's and like, some of them are embarrassed. Sure. You know, they're embarrassed that they're they're asking for help, but they don't need to be because, you know, the most important thing is getting it right. Get this one You know, right. I can almost, I was going to say, I can almost imagine from a marketing standpoint, uh, you know, your your position, <laughs> your position, you know, do you know somebody who's in a second marriage? Like, probably gets a lot of, yeah, I do. Yes, yeah. And, you know, the, one of the challenges, I'll say as a coach, um, is that not everybody shares when their marriage is in trouble. With, with mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Girls share with, women share with women. Oh, mm-hmm. not, but guys don't always share. So as a coach, I do market to the women in the marriage because they're the ones more likely to look for support. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know. very understandable. Yeah, much more conversational, much more, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. 100%. And yeah. sometimes we'll get one out of the two where it's like she will come for coaching and then ask her spouse to come. And so, so sometimes I'm working with her, how she can be a better wife, how she can heal her stuff, and then he's going to notice a difference. Wow, she's mm-hmm. shifting. What's this coaching thing about? Yeah. And men what's respond, going on there? Yeah, what's going on there? And men do respond to the term coach in a different way. They respond to the term therapist. Because mm-hmm. coaching it re- relates to sports in their minds. You know, it's like, yeah, even Michael Jordan had a coach, and he was awesome. You know, but yeah, exactly, and he, and, and he keeps yeah. the coach. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like a real, really um, dedicated masters of, yeah. of any make, right? They they keep their own coach. They keep they it for, forever. Yeah, I mean, I have a coach, you know, and I love my coach. You know, and it's important yeah. to yeah, me to have a coach. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I think for coaches out there, it's important to have a coach for a couple reasons. Number one, you always want to get support for yourself, and you always want to keep learning. Number two, it's hard to expect people to hire you as a coach if you're afraid to hire a coach for yourself because you're asking yeah. people to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. Exactly. Yeah, there's that credibility piece. You know, yeah. just to kind of get off topic for a second, sure. one of the things that I think that, that coaches visualize when we say that, if you're a coach, you should have a coach, mm-hmm. is that that they should forever and ever and ever, every waking, you know, month have a coach. And one of the things I, I kind of almost, because I say this about clients too, mm-hmm. is if you, if you have a coach that really is doing great work with you, then you're going to have this intense period where this relationship, you know, grows, maybe a year, maybe two years, I don't know. And then you're going to kind of evolve, and then it's okay to come back, you know, once a year for a three-month tune-up. Or yeah. it's, it's like, like when we say when we say that, hey, industry, coaches should have coaches, I, I do not want really to imply yeah. that all of Every you need one 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I, you know, I've had, let's see, one... One, two, three. I, I've had three coaches. Right now I, I work with one privately, and I'm in a group program as well because I love it. Um, and there was a, a point in time where I didn't have one for a while because I was, I was doing great. 
And when I was ready to go to the next level, it was time for me to get in, get in relationship with a coach again, you know, and have yeah, my own exactly. coach. Yeah. So no, coaches out there who are listening, no, you don't have to have one every waking moment of your career, but there are certain times where you're ready to up-level or you're rebranding um, or, you know, you're wanting to add an online course, something where you're going to want that support. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's um, getting back to kind of coming back. I'm glad we kind of clarified that because I think right. it's one of those things that that coaches they they get anxious or tired of hearing that coaches go get a coach, so they start tuning it out. And, and I'm like, I'm trying to get them to not tune it out. Go I get totally one. understand. Yeah. It's like but I don't one but I'm not saying you need one for forever. <laughs> no, and it's like what's what's most important is, you know, what we're doing for people, we we get to have support too. We need to yeah. re- refuel our tank. You know, <laughs> whether it is doing you know, doing great self care work. Um, part of that for me right now is having a coach. Um, because yeah. that feeds me, and that helps up-level my fuel source so that I can be a great coach for other people. So that's yeah. really no, the I, point, I you know, another point of it is to kind of, oh, I need, I'd like somebody to support me. Yes, just today. I mean, yeah. not, not 15 forever. minutes before our call. No, no, but not even 15 minutes before our call, I sent a, an email off to one of my peers one of my mm-hmm. mentors, and I said, look, this is a guy I've been working with. You know, here, here's the scenario. Here's the case, you know, kind of, kind of case conferences with you because I need to make sure I'm not missing anything. I need yeah. to make sure for me, like, I want to feel that level of, of confidence. It's, it's, so, yeah, and I've been at this 13 years. You know? Exactly. You know, and I've been in it 10, and it's like, you know, again, it's like I had one at the beginning. No, I actually i have had four coaches. I had one at the very beginning who helped me put the business together, took a break. Then I had another one who helped me with my next level, took a break. Then I had another one um, helping me with a a different niche that I was trying to work on that I no longer work with, but she was awesome. And then I took a break, and now I have another one. And it's just whenever I feel the need – that's when I find somebody. If I'm up-leveling, if I'm creating something new, if I just need to up-level my fuel source and I need that support to make sure I'm on point, that's when I'll get a coach for myself. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we kind of brought this out because I just think yeah. it's so important. Let, let me let me circle back around to really this whole idea of your your personal target market, the whole second second third marriage crowd. Yeah. Um, we've talked about, you know, what's, what's the biggest challenge. We've talked about what's the biggest joy out of it. Yeah. Um, if you were going to kind of speak to any of the coaches out there right now that were mm-hmm. contemplating getting into relationship coaching, what would you tell them, you know, from, from a seasoned veteran to newbie, what would you tell them um, if they trained. thought, yeah, let me do second, <laughs> third marriages? Get trained because, first of all, there's a lot of content in the world of relationship and marriage that they really need to understand Mm -hmm. Um, where maybe in some other areas that may not be the case. 
that may not be, you know, that may be the case in other areas as well, but getting trained because with couples work, you can actually cause harm. And we don't want to see anybody cause harm. I had a situation where I was actually um, training a group of coaches, and one of their requirements was to go out and do four coaching sessions for practice, you know, with a couple they could find. And one of the things we have to make sure of, and I think this is the case for all coaches, is to make sure that they're of sound psychological health because that's really who we're working with. We're not diagnosticians. We're not mental health practitioners. So if somebody does have a mental health issue or they're bipolar or ADHD and they have a psychiatrist, we need to know that information. So this woman got that information. She did her due, due diligence. And so she didn't realize that as at the end of the fourth session, the woman decided to have a fifth session, but she went off her meds. And oh. the coach didn't know that. And so the woman got home, the wife got home, this couple was all ready to put their marriage back together, and the husband left a note saying, I'm leaving you. I've, I've moved out. Mm. And this woman had gone off her meds and ended up committing suicide. Wow. And it was a very difficult situation, and this poor woman, this was her first foray into couples coaching, and this is what happened. And she did her due diligence, and it's one of those things where you need to continue to check on somebody who has that kind of issue and make sure that they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing to take care of themselves. You know, that's that's so important. Uh, I'm a big fan of the in, during the intake process, one of the questions mm-hmm. that I ask, and, and by the way, I I don't traditionally coach relationships or couples. I, I coach other people. Yeah. But I still, I ask yeah. people when I, when I bring them on board and I say, are there any medical considerations mm-hmm. that you want me to be aware of that could act as a filter or a block or support for the work we're going to do? Absolutely. And of course, I'm not trying to pry into their lives and, you know, get yeah. their medication list and that sort of thing. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. I mean, that's like from first meetings, people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, so I, I have chronic fatigue, I have this. Right. And I mean, they're I like, take Xanax, I take da, 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 right, yeah. Yeah, they're the very other, forthcoming about it. Yeah, the other thing about second marriages that I recommend for coaches is to have your couple get a physical and get hormone checked mm-hmm. because a lot of them are into the age stage where there's perimenopause, there's andropause for men, the hormones and thyroid are going off, and that could create some of the conflict that is going on. Uh-huh. So I always sure. tell my couples, you know, especially the second marriages, um, because they tend to be older, get you get a medical checkup so that we see what we're working with. Because a woman going yeah. through menopause is, who's not being treated or who isn't realizing that these are hot flashes and night sweats and that kind of stuff, and that she's moody because of her hormones, this conflict could be resolved pretty quickly if she's on hormone replacement therapy, you know what I mean, or if she knows that her thyroid is off. Yeah, suddenly it's like, oh, that's better. (laughs) Yeah, we're good. No, Um, and there's still stuff to do, but it's like it's one of those things I want to put, you know, keep that, make sure that that's not an issue so that we really know what we're working with. 
Yeah, you know, exactly. and it does traditionally happen more in second and third marriages than the, with the twenty-five-year-olds. For sure. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. heck yeah. <laughs> they have PMS. You know, the older women are perimenopausal and menopausal. So, um, you know, yeah. I would say even for the the younger couples, make sure that you know everything's on track because that that PMS thing can cause a lot of conflict. You know, I'm glad you bring this up because I think that there's a lot of um, banter uh, amongst people in general where they'll say something like, oh, that's just my ADD or, oh, that's just me TMSing or, oh, that must just be my menopause. And one of the things I always ask them is, is that a label you've given yourself or do you actually have a diagnosis? Exactly. And you know, and I say because, because if if it's a label you've given yourself, I'm curious why, right. and and would and what if it was true, how would yeah. things be different? But if it is a diagnosis, then then we have to like actually address that. That's you know that's like a, a real genuine present thing in your world, and it and is. so you know so we can't you can't have it both. In other words, you can't keep losing things and not showing up for appointments and have ADD and go, I know they're not related. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> or you're crying, you know, not related. crying, but you're picking arguments with your spouse when really you're, you just need some estrogen, you know. Um, right. So it's that you brought up a very good point of is this a label you're giving yourself or is this an actual diagnosis? Well, I always say find out if it's an actual diagnosis. Let's see what's there medically. Not that I want to pry either, um, but we right. want to know if that's a factor. Exactly. It's just about being clear and really knowing what you're dealing with. Exactly. Especially, I mean, especially in, in modern society with the vast majority of people mm-hmm. on some sort of medication. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of that. So, yeah, it's huge. Well, this is just fascinating, and I, I really uh, am glad we had a chance to share this with our audience today, and I really hope that uh, we've been able to illustrate uh, at least a few good points along the way. About yeah, definitely. You know, there's one last thing I wanted yeah. to bring up for those people who are interested. You know, you asked the question, what do they need in order to really – you know, be able to do this. Definitely content and training um, is hugely important, the credibility factor. Also having some kind of marriage experience I think is helpful as well. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be in a second marriage to work with second marriages, but having some marriage experience um, is very helpful as well. I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Susan, so much. And uh, with that, with that, we will wrap up for our conversation for today. But we will always be back with more, and I'll hand things back over to Vince now. Very good. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us today. There's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches one week from today with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with over 30 hours of complimentary materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoachingacademy.com. And of course, join us and access the growing archive of programs 
programs at coachingimpactradio.com. Join us next week, same time and place, as we continue the coaching conversation. I'm Vince Hayes. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.